Welcome to Movie Reviews from an Alternate Earth with your hosts, Greg Dyro and Tom Burka. In today's episode, we will be talking with unit still photographer Clay Enos. Clay will give us some insight into his work with director Zack Snyder, including his work on Justice League, Watchmen, Wonder Woman, and most recently, the Netflix film Army of the Dead. So sit back and enjoy the show. We're talking to uh, Clay Enos, uh, unit still photographer. Um, I'll let Clay describe what his uh, his what his work is like, and he's done a lot of other things uh, besides just uh, the unit photography. He's, he's traveled a lot. So, Clay, tell us a little bit about yourself and and what you do, and and we'll go from there. Yeah, I I. I recently sort of modified my bio to be a would-be hobo, right? Had I not found <laughs> photography. And, and so, <laughs> to, you know, for early Halloween costume with a stick and a bandana, there was some allure to the idea that you could be free of uh, a nine-to-five job. And, and that motivated a lot of my early trajectory. And, and then photography um, presented itself as this lovely way to be an artist and yet be somewhat independent. And, and I found it was also a catalyst for for conversation and adventure. And I've really kind of followed that. There was, there was some timing in there, having graduated university with a photography degree in 91 at, at the beginning of the World Wide web and Photoshop and things like that, that, that complemented my rather traditional education and uh, and offered new opportunities for sort of both independent image creation and uh, I don't know and, and further further learning and understanding. You know, I feel like I had a four four year degree in photography, but then the world kept changing for the next decade, and I kept oh, yeah, of course. my brain was open to learning and uh, and then finally. I guess, you know, with, with some ups and there were, that was certainly a, a circuitous and up and down route. The dot-com boom found me uh, rather well-to-do and independently wealthy. And I, and I quit my job to be what I would call a photographer exclusively and uh, endeavored to make a huge portrait project in New York. Did so, but then the dot-com boom uh, became a bust and found myself going back to work <laughs> just as broke as I was before. <laughs> but, but, you know, I had been sort of gifted the knowledge that money chasing money was one game and being a photographer was another. And, and the latter was a more accessible and doable thing. And it timed up pretty well when I got invited to the set of 300 by uh, Debbie, soon to be Debbie Snyder. And uh, saw that there was a unit photographer on set and thought, well, I could maybe be that. Maybe I could try that. And sure enough, uh, you know, 300 blew up as a, as a film and it gave Zach the leverage to bring me on for Watchmen. And, and, I, and then I cut my teeth as a unit photographer. Of course, I was completely out of my depth, having had more of a portrait and background and more of a photojournalism background. But, but uh, you know, figured it out along the way a couple of films later and now i guess that's kind of what i am though though always looking for other opportunities well well something we're always trying to explain on this podcast is you know the art 
of still photography in movies because it is an entirely different thing. And people may not know that as Greg, you, you've said some people ask, you know, why not just take a cell, a still frame and use that instead of having a, a still photographer on the set. So Clay, what, what kind of things did you first learn when you were adapting to this new job? Well, yeah. I mean, number one is you're the only guy on set not movie. So you, there's a certain amount of discretion you need to bring to the job, right? That sort of humbleness. A photographer traditionally is sort of the center of attention and they, you know, they're, they're there to make a portrait or they're there to document something. And on a movie set, you're very much a sort of fly on the wall. You wear a couple different hats. You're responsible for the PR arm of the film and, and thinking ahead. You're, it's a consumer products film. You're making images so the toy makers can get started. And, and at it's probably most satisfying is when you're telling the story of the film through your own lens. And it means slightly off axis, you know, the, the, the beautiful, perfect frame goes to the movie, but you do your best to be always attentive and vigilant to tell a similar story and through the unique perspective of, of your, just you, you know, on the sidelines. And that can be both the behind the scenes, you know, historic imagery but it could also be some iconic image of a you know a superhero or whatever, and and that that is what the unit photographer I think is doing. A lot of hats, a lot of kind of simultaneous thinking, kind of ever vigilant um, stance in in an environment that is otherwise rather slow and cumbersome. You know, movie making is quite deliberate and and slow, and yet you can never quite relax. If you do, you risk missing that moment or missing that little bit of. Um, you know, magic, movie magic that happens even when the movie cameras aren't running. Is that, is that a decent description? It's, like, it, yeah, it's artistic, yeah. but it's also documentary. It's also, you're also thinking marketing. It, it is really kind of fun. It is all encompassing. And should you be willing to dive in and be ever vigilant over 14 hour days consecutively for months, <laughs> mm-hmm. you might do all right. <laughs> you might get asked back. <laughs> oh my God. Yeah, and you're you're also documenting the production. Uh, you know, I see that there are you, know, you have pictures of Zack Snyder and uh, you yeah. know, etc. During the production of all these things. Yeah, you know, there there are sort of two ways to look at a movie. You can you can step in front of the camera, or you know, keep those all the microphones and all of the the gack out of the frame, and that may have its value. But sometimes when you come into a space. Some of the lines of the boom pole and the and the way the camera silhouettes can be equally beautiful, and so you you have to think from both perspectives. And if you're if you really do just love photography, if you love and you understand the power of a still image, all of those things become you just start to intuit them. You see, you see them no differently than if you were visiting a, a famous landmark or whatever. You know, you you keep keep fresh and try and bring your perspective to a, to a moment. It's a type of photography I, I, I try to explain to people at times is that, yeah, they're, they're, they're making a, a motion picture and you're making a still image that will convey everything that's within that motion picture in some way. So it is a different sensibility than what the, you know, the director's looking at at times. So, it, so yeah. Yeah, it really is. It's fun. And, and, it's, and you don't necessarily know where they're going to pick from later you know traditionally those images go through uh 
a huge sort of editorial process long after they're made and and different needs are addressed by the different departments you know the, the the PR people want the picture of the director which was standing next to Wonder Woman right <laughs> and mm-hmm. and are pointing whereas the and the toy maker <laughs> wants just some textures so they can get the shield correct and then then the um you know let's say the the genre press just wants an awesome and unique picture of Wonder Woman and and you have to keep all those people in mind uh, and shoot like crazy and let them figure it out later. Yeah. And, and there's, and for our, our listeners, this means thousands of photographs. So, I mean, like on Watchmen, what would you, I don't even remember now, what would you have said you, you actually shot? through? Yeah. The I mean, I think in general, it's somewhere thousand or yeah, it's probably back then now. And now it starts to easily cross 40, just the way the cameras can make images quickly and the way you, accidentally have your camera set on high speed so so there is a real what i call the burden of choice given the studio and even b- before i send say the images to the labs i would i would call half just because of redundancies or mistakes you know um the way I wear my camera sometimes, the, the shutter is just, I crouched myself in a corner somewhere and the shutter, unbeknownst to me, is shooting away silently and I've got a hundred frames, you know, of my shoe. <laughs> <laughs> so, so all that stuff gets, you know, you, you call that before. So when 40,000 images gets made, say for Uncharted, uh, it's out of 80. It's, it's what I, I joke that that's secretly how you make yourself look good. <laughs> <laughs> oh, but it's it's it it, it is true in a certain ways. It, it's like the the studios want the studio want they want everything. Oh, just give me it all, give me it all, give me it all. But but y- y- they are judgmental, you know, when they look at it and, and they're like, well, well, there's too much here. Well, you said give me it all. <laughs> yeah, they don't know what they're asking for these days. Uh huh. Yeah, and so you find that balance, right? And then there's a game to play with, say, actors of a certain caliber are allowed to, quote unquote, you know, kill images that never are to be seen. And so you can game it. You can let them waste their kills on images where their eyes are closed. When you know darn well, they'll, so you well, you may delete it, but you're like, no, let's see if we can burn a kill on that if they're not paying attention, you know. And so, so all of that stuff, you're not. You know, you don't make it. It's not top of mind, but it's a consideration as you're uh, spending hours after the fact trying to. to, to ex- well, okay. Yeah. I, I'm going to ask the question that's. Yes, yeah, go on, Frank. No, I'm I was going to say to explain that to our listeners and maybe even Tom, the uh, the actors generally have a contract and they're allowed to kill. Generally, it's fifty percent of the images they're in. So fifty percent. That seems yeah. like quite a lot. It, it does. And, and then you, and then, but you can think about it. Like you would, if I like the actor, I might say to them, Hey, you know, don't waste your kills on the eyes closed stuff. They'll never use it anyway. <laughs> you know, but, but then some other actors are like, ah, let them. Well, let me, so let me ask you, how many times does Tom Holland pick his nose during the day? <laughs> Yeah, no more than the rest of us, I presume. Okay, I, maybe, fair enough. 
<laughs> no, I just lurking, think of you, you know. lurking in the corner. Yes. Yeah, sure. You know, there's, it's a little like, um, there's moments, right? You start to know when not to shoot. Anybody's got food in and around <laughs> them. You know, it's, uh, any wedding <laughs> photographer would know you. There's a reason the wedding photographer stops shooting when everybody's eating as well. It's an impossibility. It's gum chewers that are more of a problem, you know. The Harley oh, Quinns, yeah. the Harley well, Quinns of the world. You said there's a, only a one or two moments in that in the chew sequence where you're going to look good. <laughs> I, I would never have thought of that, but it it does make perfect sense. You you have worked on some of the biggest blockbusters that have come out in the past, I'd say, ten years or so. Uh, uh, I mean. First of all, I, I have to say I'm very curious about Uncharted since uh, I'm a big fan of the video game series. But, you know, we're talking about Justice League, Wonder Woman, Suicide Squad, Batman versus Superman. Uh, it, yeah, of course, 300. You you also did the Skeleton Twins, I understand, although uh, yeah. not credited. And I have to say, I'm looking at your IMDb and uh, I know from your website, you you did Lovecraft Country, am I right? Or uh, there's a picture no. of Jeremy Irons, which is clearly from that show. No, I think that Jeremy Irons is from. He's Alfred, right? In um, in our DC oh, universe. Yes, it's it's so funny because he he chops wood wearing a very similar <laughs> outfit. <laughs> in, in Lovecraft Country, I swear to God, there's a whole sequence of it. But uh, anyway, you know, he's he's been typecast um, as a wood chopper. <laughs> <laughs> Legendary I actor. I, yeah, I hope I hope Irons is able to avoid that uh, that pigeonhole. <laughs> He's sure capable he of so much more. Yeah, indeed, indeed. We should, <laughs> we wish him the best. Oh my goodness! Um, now, you know, it's funny the, the blockbusters, and even of course, the Star is Born was was this phenomenal thing in large part just because oh, yeah, of the performances I've, and everything. Yeah, but I do, I must say, I prefer some of these more fantastical worlds just because as a unit photographer, it's very difficult to, you know, I, I joked that like there was too many people crying in bathrooms on A Star is Born, you know, that where, where <laughs> there's just no, there's no room for me to be in there as these heavy duty performances are unfolding. Um, whereas, you know, Aquaman and, and you know, banging around with a trident <laughs> doesn't, doesn't sort of elicit the sort of you know as powerful and as fun and compelling as that is uh it it doesn't there's it's rare that the you're going to get shooed at shooed away or there's no room for you in the space you know can't swing right. a trident in a tiny bathroom <laughs> and so i i i'm i lean towards those bigger films uh, not that I have complete choice in the matter, but just because they are so fun. I like I like immersive worlds that are imaginative, and, and it, it gives me more to shoot. It's like being on this bizarre uh, adventure, no no different than I would seek in real life, but with all of the sun, you know, contrivances and comforts and assurances of a movie set. Mm-hmm. Now, I have to ask you, I mean, we're going to jump around a bit because there's so many different things that you've worked on uh, uh, that, that are fascinating, but... Uh, there was a picture you took of Tignataro, which uh, 
<clears throat> caused quite a bit of stir on the internet and excitement about the movie because she looks like such a badass in the picture. And uh, you know was what? Also, yes. To, to be fair, I was on Uncharted when those reshoots happened. So oh, if shit. that is a still, I know, I know. Look, I, 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 if that is a still, and I can't quite tell because it's it's tricky, but I assume, let's assume that was done by somebody else. And I wish I could give you his or her name because I'm... Uh. Yeah, uh, I know. But, oh, but that I, I was delighted. You know, that that's the kind of stuff. Because let's not make it really about me anyway. We, unit photographers, we are legion. You know, we are invisible and we are legion. Yes. <laughs> so any large movie, any reshoot, any many of the TV shows have somebody like me skulking around in the dark trying to get their trying to make images that garner that kind of attention. And so that's a perfect example of a successful, I mean, gosh, I, I wish we'll, let's find out, maybe you'll put it in the show notes who that yeah. was, because it's so delightful when that kind of thing happens and buzz happens around one of your images. And I've been, of course, gifted those so many times, you know, first looks of Batman, first looks of Wonder Woman, That that's, um, it's, it's exciting. And, you know, you know, like my mother gets excited. My dad still to this day will send me a, an, you know, if my byline is in some, in the New York Times, because there's a picture of of Zack Snyder, it's really it's great. <laughs> but we do it for our parents, don't we? Somehow, somewhere oh, course, deep in yes. our hearts, uh-huh. somehow. <laughs> yeah. Well, I, I I would urge our listeners to to go to your your website uh, and uh, you know claim this photography and uh, just the shots that you put up here are just stunning uh you know whether they're shots of of ben affleck in his batman suit talking to Zack snyder or just uh there's one shot i'm looking at right now uh which is um from behind uh batman as fires rage in the distance in in the rain and uh uh and he's standing in uh on top of a completely water-soaked, um, uh, you know, uh, it looks like a, uh, I, I can't remember was, from the movie where it was. It was muddy. It, it was, was Batman v Superman in Detroit, <laughs> just by the main old abandoned, this beautiful old abandoned building. The, the light in yeah. this shot is spectacular. Really, yeah. really cool. And, uh, yeah. and then you have kind of the dark purples and, uh, and dark blues and blacks uh, of the sky in the right-hand corner. It's just stunning. Well, I, you know, and, and thank you. But isn't that also, again, the sort of the fun of being a unit photographer? Larry Fong lit that. You know, he was the oh, director yeah. of cinematography. And so, and the special effects team. And to know that I was safe. <laughs> to know, you know, this is this sort of gift of being in these unbelievable environments, you know, with with a million dollars of costume design standing there in front of you and and, and rain towers, you know, yeah. 300 feet in the air and fire trucks pumping water through and 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 maybe not even getting wet because <laughs> I'm just <laughs> <laughs> so this is this is the fun of our job. And uh and it's, you know, I'm always reluctant to take too much credit because it's while the photographer, as I had said earlier, a photographer tends to think they're the center of attention. 
and and the unit photographer is immediately humbled and realizes that they are the set mosquito you know just get your blood stay at don't get swatted uh be be discreet and honor the work of all the people around you essentially and, and that's what i try and do when i'm when i'm sort of in my zone it's when i'm sort of in love with this crazy crazy storytelling process and then trying to make an image that that honors all of those folks and all of the, and all of the sort of bizarre circumstance that I've found myself. <laughs> I, cool. Yeah, it really is cool. And, uh, you know, it falls in line with, um, as an actor, you know, uh, I always see my job as to serve the material and the director and to, you know, it's, it's not about me or my ego. It's about what, is demanded but you know i mean as a unit photographer it sounds like your perspective is exactly the same you're just there to serve the work yeah you serve the work and i do think that there's a kind of in, the intention of what i'm trying to do it's like who who is it i'm also trying to who i got in mind for as an audience you know there's um and because because i do know that my images while few of them actually get seen when they do, they, they do really work hard, you know? And so I'm, and they will be, you know, it's the fans, you know, enjoying a first look that you're really kind of thinking about where, how is this going to be received? Is this going to be, uh, is this the strongest thing I can make right now? You know? And it's, it's, I don't again, it's this, if I was a hobo, right. I right. would know the train schedules and I would, and I would be attentive to <laughs> which, where did I need to go and how is the best, most, maybe the best way to get there and who's not, how am I not going to get caught? <laughs> how fast <laughs> do I need to run to grab that caboose? Back in the day they had cabooses, you know that. Yeah. And I think that photography sort of ports the same way. It's like, where, what's the best way for me to get what's, what's required and what I need here. Well, that, can can I ask you what 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 was the what was what was the story behind having Gal Gadot wear the Batman cowl? Uh, you know, I I kind of love a mashup, and and Zach too sort of has that. We did some early stuff with uh, JJ was making Star Wars, JJ Abrams, and we were mm -hmm. making Batman v Superman, and they were they're friends, and so they were tossing um, kind of mashup images of the two uh, worlds while we were both making our respective films and the fans loved it. I'm sure the studios hated it because obviously rival studios, but in the end it was, <laughs> it was two, it was two filmmakers and, and fans of star Wars that were just sort of having a kind of social banter. And, um, and I love it with music. I love once the worlds collide and, um, and being able to mix and match the, the justice league stuff was just a, on a whim and Gal was game, and it was, I think it was it was her last day. So I said, "Come, on, can we play?" Oh wow, and she was game. <laughs> yeah, she wears it well. No, it's a great image. Yeah, she does. <laughs> she does. And well, I, what I really like is the way her eyes come through this mask. I mean, she, yeah. you know, she's even if you can't see any of the Wonder Woman suit that she's wearing, uh, you still it's recognizably her right off the bat. Mm -hmm. um, oh, for sure. With the uh, 
<laughs> and and interestingly enough, with with the kind of uh, furrowed brow that is built into the mask of Batman, uh, it's fascinating. It's a great image. Well, well, you know, and to to the idea that we make more images than people see. So I made that stuff, goofed around, you know, and of course, knowing knowing full well, it would sort of never be seen because it didn't fit the marketing agendas of, of the studios or what have you. It right. was so I sat on that image on my phone for probably two years. And then we were in London shooting Wonder Woman 1984. It was Halloween. And I sort of caught wind that Gal was looking for an image to share. And I said, how about this one? <laughs> that I had on my phone, just kind of as a favorite, but with no way to possibly share it. Mm-hmm. And sure enough, boom, out it goes. <laughs> it was that's free. Was like a... <laughs> oh, that's great! It's her her yeah. Halloween costume. It, it, that's 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 awesome. <laughs> yeah, yeah, and so that's the kind of stuff that you know can be difficult. You know, yeah, we sure. are under a work for hire contract, which essentially relinquishes all ownership rights of our images to the studios and forever across all media that exists and is yet to be invented throughout the universe, not the solar system, not the galaxy, the universe. Universe. Yeah. So, so when an image finds its way into the world, uh, I'm always delighted. And especially if it's a slightly unorthodox uh, route. Oh yeah. No, that's the, and, and, uh, and it, this is actually, well, social media and Instagram, it's, becoming the the way things get distributed at times so it's very interesting it's true and more of it which is also nice right i think um army of the dead i got wind that a bunch of my images that i made are going to be part of some sort of supplementary video material Uh, and that's that's nice to know you know maybe it's not a book or anything but it's Mm -hmm. it's out there for people to see and and ultimately you know you want them to be inspired you want folks to know that just that, that there's a reason for to be excited about stuff and, and zombies may not be your genre but they are for somebody and uh here's a whole bunch of them to enjoy yeah now speaking of that uh, uh we're talking about army of the dead which is a a netflix release which i believe opens or is released but opens is quite not quite the right term, I guess, uh, is uh, dropped or something on um, May 14th or 15th, I think. So pretty well, I soon. I think my understanding, they're doing a, um, a theatrical release for a week in select theaters, which is terrific. Ah. Yeah, help inspire some of that, but also because the film is going to be gorgeous on a big screen. And I think it, it does a more of a worldwide release on the 21st on the servers. Mm-hmm. <laughs> well, that that's a movie that I would probably prefer to see in a theater than than at home uh i mean it it's it's kind of a it sounds like a blockbuster scope and uh um uh, you know of the same ilk of the other Zack snyder movies uh it really was meant to be shown in a theater uh and so the netflix bankrolled this uh i found fascinating i mean and the other reason that they're showing it in a theater is is for oscar consideration i would imagine I, I think there's that. I do think that there's a kind of pent up demand for us to get back into these spaces to to enjoy 
movies as they were maybe uh, originally crafted. And that's a, whether it's retro one day or not, but, mm-hmm. but there's something magic to the movie theater. And I think, uh, you know, there's lots been written on that and I, I think it still holds true, but also the film itself is so is, is shot on this with these really distinctive lenses that have the skinniest of skinny apertures, uh, 0.95. Um, and so there's a, a, a lens quality to the film that will be really palpable on a big screen. Um, you, yeah. Explain a little bit more about skinny apertures for those of us who are really crappy <laughs> photographers. <laughs> well, you know, there's a the the physics of the lens allows for very little to be in focus in any given frame, or a lot, right? So if you're looking at a landscape and and you want to see the the pine trees in the front to the sunset in the back being all in focus, then you would use um, not a skinny aperture. You would use something that would in, let everything be sharp and crisp when it gets skinny. And that's a term we would use very select things are in focus. Uh, we, we experience it. If you get close up, you know, maybe the eye is in focus on a person, but the ears and the nose are not. And so it's a way of bringing a kind of emotion. It allows the, the picture to start to manipulate your emotions in a sense. It's almost, um, subconscious, but it, it's very difficult to maintain focus <laughs> in those environments. Mm, oh yes, yeah. In, but in once motion. you get it, yeah, once you get it, it's really neat. And and someone can experience a little of this uh, at the very end of Justice League, Zack Snyder's Justice League. There's some beautiful stuff with the Joker, where the focus is incredibly selective, and that's what I'm talking about with skinny apertures. And it was so skinny that we basically, the whole movie was made without using any lights. We can go into spaces and turn lights off. That's how, that when, when it's skinny or when the aperture is wide open, lots of light can pour in. And so it, it, it allows for incredible flexibility and spontaneity for a filmmaker. And, and it makes my job as a still photographer a little tricky because... The, uh, yes. Because even my fanciest of lenses isn't that fancy you know it's not as wide open as 0.95 so um and that and i don't want to belabor you know for a lay person just unbelievably light sensitive lenses and mine weren't so but i i moved as light sensitive as i could get with all fixed fast lenses to to um shoot the unit work on that film Wow, yeah, I'm I'm looking forward to seeing it, and and as a as a brief description, you can I mean we I know we said zombie, but it's a it's a zombie heist movie or something. Is that what? I it couldn't is? believe it when I read that. I yeah, it's a genre matchup kind of. Uh, it's fascinating why, to me. Yeah, and you know, in Netflix is so clever too. They have such interesting data, that, so they know they can play up a heist film say in Europe where the European audience prefers that whereas maybe a an Asian audience prefers more of a post-apocalyptic spin and so you mm-hmm. have that <laughs> and maybe Americans just like so, um, zombies and they play that piece of it I, I have to say I hear the term zombie heist movie and I think to myself so it's going to be about a bunch of zombies who get together and <laughs> rob a bank 
<laughs> or is it going to be about a bunch of people who rob a bunch of zombies? A, a zombie uh, bank. A, a zombie bank, yeah. exactly. Although I assume that I, it's a heist that takes place in the midst of uh, an apocalyptic zombie surrounded world, zombie filled yeah. rather. Yeah, I won't. I won't give anything away. But I do think what what is so fun is that it it, it appears as though Zach has added a layer to the zombie genre that hadn't been sort of imagined before, and I think that's really fun. You know, uh, I think he he was he is sometimes credited with um, his remake of Dawn of the Dead giving them sort of speed that they hadn't mm-hmm. had before, and and I think. Right. Uh, He's such a clever and imaginative person. I wouldn't be surprised if he he doesn't. Um, well, I know he has brought something fresh to the genre, and and also I think he's brought something really fresh to filmmaking in the process. You know, he was the he's not the first to do it, but he directed, he DP'd, he operated um, his film. So, and operating meaning actually holding the camera. Mm-hmm. You know, so. That's pretty fun. I think Soderbergh does something akin to that. And there's not a lot of them who are that comfortable and that uh, skilled. In that role, yeah, yeah. Because yeah, there's a totally lot. That's a lot that. going on, right? Mm-hmm. You know, normal, all all the films I've worked with Zach prior to this, there was a cinematographer uh, embodied in in another person, and now Zach was doing both. He was really on all the time. It was really delightful to see. You know, he's so he's an enthusiastic and energetic soul to begin with, um, and given the demands of any film set, he he was just absolutely indefatigable, and it was a delight to be around. He inspired yeah, everybody around him. Yeah, and I would think well, that this gives him gives him kind skill. of a full, not a full control, but a full way of, uh, of realizing his vision. Um, where he's seeing what's going on, he's he's you know he's doing it. He's not just standing back from it. He's he's yeah. involved in it. Yeah, and that and, and it's 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 so cool to see. You know, I don't. I think that there people like him are few and far between. There's obviously a lot of talented filmmakers, but but I've yet to see or hear of anybody with quite the um, you know his ability to sort of braid technical prowess. Uh, his his understand what he wants ahead of time that pre visualization mm-hmm. and then manifesting it on the day and capturing it and then and, and then you know buffing it to perfection in post uh, is mm-hmm. pretty impressive. So I have a question about your photography related to Zach. Does he is he seeing some of your stuff while you're shooting? Do you show him things? Do do your images influence what he's doing at all, or the or vice versa? Is he influencing uh, tremendously? Yeah, you know, I think early on when we were doing stuff, I used to kind of have a different setup, and my I would be pulling portraits mostly and letting them sort of be my screensaver, and they would be in the he'd catch wind of them or see them. But but these days we have enough of a shorthand, and, and he will just sort of throw me. A project, you know. I'm, I was almost surprised the, uh, when we did our first look for Dawn, I mean, uh, for Army of the Dead. He, I was sort of expecting him to be around <laughs> at the end uh-huh. of when we were going to make that shot, and he just said, "No, see you later." I'm like, oh, <laughs> I guess, <laughs> I guess it's on me. <laughs> you know, if we flash back to the first image of of Superman in the safe, and you know, he was right behind me. He was he was giving Henry. 
direction. And I was essentially right. just a, just a monkey pushing the button. And, and, and so that's, that's kind of, it's validating. It's, but it's ever intimidating when you know, you're dealing with the, the sort of caliber of visual sophistication that, that you are in Zach. So anyway, uh, you know, he knows I'm making portraits. He knows I'm just doing my thing. And, and he knew I was shooting with a, a lens that was, uh, complimentary to his vision so mm-hmm. we just we at this point I, i'd rather not be a distraction right he's got but he's making a movie right and i'm just making stills and he's got a certain trust in what what you're you're capturing you know will work to promote his his film for sure correct i would think correct and, oh, and, I, and he also i, knows I would hope that, so yeah, no, for he, sure. He's taking, and, and, he uses you for uh, all of his movies at this point. No, I, I know. I'm just, I'm so grateful. You know, and, and of course, this is a, it was a friendship really before it was a professional working relationship. I, I went to university or college with his wife. So we met freshman year. I mean, I'm, I'm, much of the direction of my life can be credited to that, a random encounter with her freshman year. And it, Mm-hmm. right down to my to my wife is is sort of indirectly related to that encounter so yeah. it's it's pretty spectacular i i joke that it you know it's really just hard work and skill but much of it is just <laughs> pure luck <laughs> right place at the right time you know yeah there's there's and all who, those and, all those things yeah yeah the the cliche is uh you know who know what is it um it's who do you know but it was uh damon carl actually the the second unit director and who's done a lot of the fight and, and stunts for Zach over the years. He says, it's not that it's, it's who knows you, you know, How, and, and in what capacity do they, do they know you? Are you just some sort of, you know, a complaining stoner, whatever, or are you the guy who, who goes the extra mile and hustles be that guy. And, and I suspect when, when someone of a, in a position of power needs somebody like you, that's who you're, they're going to think of. Right, and that's sure. kind of what happened. Zach's, Zach's success in 300 gave him leverage to bring me on to Watchmen. But right before doing that, I flew myself to Argentina and shadowed him on a commercial shoot for a week on my own dime, mm-hmm. showing the showing that I was committed. And I, and I think that's that's where you sort of distinguish. Not just it's, it's all well and good to know folks, but they have to know you as somebody. Mm-hmm. I was just going to ask whether you returned risk. from that uh, shoot in Brazil on a motorcycle, or uh, <laughs> did you did you fly? <laughs> that one I flew. <laughs> I've never. Yeah, the the Darien Gap. I did I did hitchhike years ago from Bogota to Brooklyn, but the the little Darien Gap section. I was on a cargo boat going through the Kuna Islands, so I didn't. I, I later took a Vespa. I later rode a Vespa cross country and then worked on Sucker Punch and then rode it down to Panama City and then back to Guatemala. But but again, never anything into super well, all, uncharted territory. All all of that, all of this sounds like it's worthy of a, of a, an entire documentary movie itself. Just on on this. So who would play you in a movie, Clay? So uh, you know, I don't know. No, I don't know. We, I don't know how many fair skinned pseudo balding gray-haired guys are out there <laughs> uh, i'm thinking i'm thinking kind of i'm thinking kind of nomad land we're vespa land you know and it's yeah, like we're, we it. follow clay as he as he journeys from uh, you know i think there, there you know we get that a lot i, I in different parts of my life right I've, I've sort of i've staked out some unusual adventures and things but 
And then we said, you should write a book. Or you, you, you know, I made, I've made pictures, but I, I'm not so motivated by the sort of what I've left behind, even though a photographer is sort of traditionally surrounded by all these precious prints. I've, right. I continue to use photography as the reason to, to fathom new adventures. Right? Oh, yeah, it for sure. It, I'm not terribly concerned. I, I'm, I sort of joke that a solar flare would liberate me of all my images. And we could just keep going making new ones. <laughs> True. They're all they're all zapped, <laughs> electronically zapped, and they're gone. Yeah. And, and yeah, you know it, it's like the old yeah. days of the of the fire burning up all your negatives. Okay, guess I'm starting new. That's you know? it. Yeah, oh. I'd be free because there's a you know, those are burdens on some level. And I'm a horribly disorganized person, so Oh yeah, uh, for sure. I, I I, th- I think you're you're not being fair to your appearance there, Clay. You uh, yeah you you look a little chiseled there, or uh, a little bit like uh, a tough Woody Harrelson. Uh, there you go. Okay, so, cool. Uh, I'll take it. Yeah, this, I'll take it. Yeah, there you go. <laughs> yeah, sometimes I get a Jason Statham or something. That's like those. That'd be fun. Oh yeah, yeah, yeah I can see that. It. Yes. Let's do it. They have to smile a lot, though. I mean, so, I'm all, all every one of my wrinkles is from a big grin. Uh-huh. <laughs> <laughs> you got to you got to like that. Yeah, so in in between in between gigs on 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 unit photography, he's, he's rescuing people that are in in danger of CIA operatives and and then he's back to the film. <laughs> That's it. That's it. It's actually terrific cover, right? I could be doing if they, I think in some circles, right? Certainly in uh, people I know closer than, let's just say it makes a Thanksgiving dinner awkward that, that Hollywood is just a giant like arm of the CIA or something. So, yeah. Maybe this is the, they, they're, they're, this is, this is how they, I'm the conduit. Oh, awesome ideas. Yeah, well, awesome uh, ideas. so at the, at, at the risk, uh, well, I, I, do, do you have any impressions of some of the stars of some of these movies that would reveal something about them that we, the public, wouldn't necessarily know that you, you know, can I'm, speak of? I'm, yeah, no, I, th- I think I could speak generically, right? That, that I, there is an unbelievable, despite my actual job of trying to shed light on behind the scenes and, and are all mm-hmm. the EPK kind of behind the scenes footage, there is an incredible, almost sub like opaqueness to the business that that it's so filled with kind of fan energy and enthusiasm for the genre of movies that people can't quite get their head around just how unglamorous and how deeply <laughs> professional and committed that that everyone is from from the you know the standby grip to the actors who are getting up early, working through nights, you know, in the cold, all of the kind of bizarre things. You cannot dissuade people from it being this glamorous <laughs> red carpet, you know, catered affair. Mm-hmm. <laughs> and so so I, I guess I'm just always struck by the professionalism, by the streamlined efficiencies, even on the worst of movies, is better than any business I've been part of. The incredible amount of work and and energy and resources that get honed and harnessed on a daily basis for a movie or a television show is is shocking, and um, and more businesses and more people should sort of recognize 
um, what they're capable of with the proper kind of alignment of, of incentives. Oh yeah, I agree on that. I mean, my, my impression, obviously, you know, seeing everybody, it's, it's an amazing, everybody's, nobody's waiting to be told what to do. A lot of times it's, it's, they, they all know their job. They're, they're doing the very best of their job. Um, and it, it is like an orchestra where the conductor, those musicians know what they're doing and, and all the people on the film, they know what they're doing. They're professionals. Yeah. Um, it's, it's pretty cool, especially at the high level. It's, it's, it's awesome to watch. I'm, I'm with you, man. I mean, it's, um, uh, yeah. Aircraft carriers, the other metaphor I hear sometimes, mm-hmm. you know, where it's this, this, we're alone at sea making this thing, maybe a little more peaceful, but, uh, <laughs> It was just like the Blue Angels aircraft carrier. How's that? Yeah. We're just, yeah. <laughs> just leave a little smoke in the air. And every every <laughs> every pilot every pilot is Tom Cruise. That's it. You know. And, and every every I'm the guy captain just is, sure, you know. I'm the guy just walking the the deck making sure there isn't like a loose screw. And that's a super important job. It's a super important job. <laughs> Yeah, a loose screw could sink that whole boat. Yeah, that's it. There's, there you go. Yeah, yeah. I may have a screw loose, but I wouldn't. <laughs> wouldn't leave a loose. Screw I wouldn't. On, I wouldn't drop deck. it on deck. Yeah. No. No. Not at all. Uh, we're we're getting very so, dangerously so, close to some some wordplay yeah, that we should avoid. Yeah. Well, look, and 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 maybe to I didn't want to totally avoid your question. Actors say are are by their nature emotional creatures you know who have found themselves in that profession due to any number of say vulnerabilities or or life choices that that allows them to tap spaces that that uh, that you and I might not and so for any of us to judge a day's behavior or a moment's um you know annoyance especially on a long film like who do, who has a perfect day every day and they have to be on and you know that i think it's an unfair position for them to mm-hmm. be in and to be judged by you know a single indiscretion or whatever that that kind of right. christian bale off. his his rant yeah. against the uh the dp yeah. of uh not fair one of the terminator movies i think it was yeah, yeah. um not fair sounded like you know, blood I, sugar and, and who hasn't been there themselves yeah and i mean i i do accept <laughs> there there's an enormous weight on actors, uh, stars of these very high budget movies, they, you know, and, and you want to provide them with whatever it takes to get the performance that's going to be on the screen and everything that's off the screen doesn't matter if it's an amazing performance in in a way. I mean, sure. There, there, there is unethical behavior, but I mean, losing your temper, is bound to happen, yeah. I would think. Yeah, when you're working and, and 14, also on sixteen-hour days. Absolutely, on a, on a long project, and we're we're also there's a kind of family vibe that starts to emerge, right? And you're when it's when it's humming along nicely, and families speak to themselves, speak differently to each other, and there's yes. shorthand, and there's tempers, and there's and there's an honesty in that space. So I'm, I, yeah, that was a total pass for me. And and where the where the indis- the real indiscretion was was letting that audio leak. Oh yeah, I, I think for sure. <laughs> oh, yeah, yeah, no yeah. Who about that person? Yeah, who who did that? Yeah. <laughs> so so no, look, we, and, and 
I don't know. That's funny. That's, you know, it'll go down in history, of course, but I think he has nothing to be ashamed of. We've all been in I don't know. I'm shocked by some of those leaks, I have to say. I mean, there's an argument between Lily Tomlin and uh, on iHeart Huckabees, uh, the the director whose name unfortunately escapes me, despite the fact that he's, he's a terrific director. But the two of them, the stuff they were saying to each other, it was really quite shocking. I mean, they're telling each other to go fuck themselves. And yeah, this is just in yeah. the middle of shooting one scene. Uh, yeah. But but you don't know the baggage. And also, look, actors are special. You know, they really do mm-hmm. run with a different, they have to tap different things than than a, than a still photographer. We're just, in, and I don't envy that kind of, let's say, vulnerability. And I'm not trying to couch them as some sort of precious things Mm -hmm. but they are they the breadth and the depth of their emotional um wheelhouse isn't what what you know i walk around with right and i always wonder are they go ahead are they are they like um into that character so much at that moment that the the character traits that they're portraying are are spilling over at times you know sure sure and and again that definitely happens yeah yeah I'll give them a pass. And and there is a family too. When there is trust, you know, you can speak to your friends and your confidants differently than you would, you know, a public speaking event at the corporate board meeting. And mm-hmm. and neither one is insincere, but one is probably going to be more just a little more raw, a little more honest, a little more succinct, and maybe a little more with a few more F bombs. And that's and that's I think a also testament to an honesty and I We'll see. We'll see. I mean, obviously, I, I, we all have lost our temper, and and it's not fair to when you're on a movie set. Everybody at some point, it's a long. Those are long days and crappy wow. conditions, despite what people think. <laughs> so, so moving moving away from the the, the bad actors. Oh, what a great <laughs> title, bad actors. Um, oh Jesus! Boom boom. I. Uh, what are do, do you have your this year laid out yet, or do you have some projects you're going to be working on that you know of yet, Clay? Or you know, I'm I'm sort of I always lay in wait for Zach because mm-hmm. it's such a delight, um, and so that's what I'm doing. Um, I'm not sure where where they we're going to see each other. He's they're coming. Um, we're, our, our paths are going to cross uh, later in the month, right? And we'll get a little sense of what's on deck, uh, and then. If and I'll just always look for little adventures in the meantime. Right. Um, we're we're doing some work in Mexico, so I'm going to go down there a little bit. And and of course, COVID sort of keeps keeps all of us on our yeah. toes in terms of yeah in terms of making plans. <laughs> I know, but for I, sure. I get, yeah. What are you going to do? I so that's my that's my general sensibility. I'm I'm available, but I always I don't want to commit to anything too large for fear that it would. Um, mm-hmm preclude me from working with Zach. It was hard enough knowing those reshoots for Justice League and Army of the Dead happened without me. Uh, right. to, to miss an entire feature would be, would be um, you know, that would be bad. Well, so then all the, all the small uh, short form producers out there, Clay probably is available for a short little thing right now. So keep that <laughs> yeah, in mind. Ready. Yeah, you know. ready. With bells on. Oh, come on. Miles. You, you, you can tell us about Snyder's next film, Navy of the Dead. 
Navy of the Dead. That's it. Navy of the Dead. It's, it, it, they, they, it's, they it's like all of the armed forces. Uh-huh. They, oh, they would be – you can use the old sets for Waterworld for Navy of the Dead. There we go. You know, it's amazing what just Army of the Dead has become. There's a there's a spinoff that was shot in Germany uh, about one of the characters. There's an animated series telling the story of you know a period of time within this universe. So, I mean, it's quite something that Netflix has committed to a world around a single film, and it's it's um, it's such a different paradigm than one we we're used to, and. Um, to me, it's exciting because there's just more and more work for folks like us mm-hmm. and storytellers of any kind of talent to. to no, um, no, we we themselves. talked to that. Yeah, we talked about that briefly the other day. It, it's very exciting the the whole streaming slash longer form content that's that's taking place. Um, we talked about never. We never uh, Zach could never have had a four hour version of his film and or and and a, and a black and white version of the film. Uh, before yeah. and be able to have it seen this way. Yeah. No, it's it's terrific. I mean, you know, podcasts, same, same thing. It, it, and I can't, this has been remarked by folks like um, Jordan Peterson. And we're in a time when when long form and, and, and quality storytelling that the, maybe the world hasn't seen since the time of Beowulf is upon us, but with with better visuals and sound and music. And so mm-hmm. bring on all these craftsmen and artists to, to make it happen. And let's, and let's not stray, stay away from deep mythic, meaningful stories while we're at it. Um, you know, I, and one of the reasons I'm excited about army of the dead is that I thought, you know, I was a big fan of, of, and am a big fan of George Romero's zombie movies and this kind of whole, um, you know, genre that he created out of whole cloth, really. I mean, he he managed to take all these disparate elements uh, that had not been wedded before, and uh, the whole mythology around zombies now, which uh, uh, still, still seems to be at a kind of a peak, uh, when he remade uh, Dawn of the Dead, um, you know, I was I was actually kind of skeptical. I mean, despite George Romero's very low, low budget and uh, some um, sometimes uh, less talented actors than you might find in uh, Zack Snyder's movies, as as an example, um, I still love those movies. But Dawn of the Dead was a a great great recreation of that movie, and and not just a recreation, but I mean, it really. He kind of expanded upon it. He created interesting characters who had very meaningful interactions with each other in this uh, apocalyptic world. Um, I'm fascinated to see now that he's not remaking a George Romero film. Uh, this is an original work by him. And uh, and I know he worked with the two other screenwriters uh, on the screenplay. But I, I just can't wait to see what he comes up with. Or has come Great. up with, excuse me. Great. Yeah. And I think and I think the genre too, you know, Romero was there was a social commentary that I think gets dismissed as, you know, under the gore or, you know, before the right, gore. Right. And and I think um I think that's still what's what's sort of deeply resonant for me in the genre. It's not because I don't like scary movies, it's not definitely not into gore, but I like that there's a they're a vehicle, the zombie 
right, is metaphorically powerful because we we see them around us. I don't, you know, they're, well, they're well, different. Did, different Dawn forms. of the Dead is a perfect example. I mean, yeah, it the our our heroes take refuge in a mall, and the zombies are drawn to it, and one of the characters says to the other one, well, you know, they're just, they're just doing what they did in life. And there are some scenes of zombies like kind of walking around vacant faced in the mall, kind of trying <laughs> to, to, yeah, walking into the sportings, good department and picking yeah. up a, a hockey stick and just swinging it. And, and yeah, it was a commentary on the vacuousness of, yeah. uh, uh, American commercialism, uh, uh, and consumerism, uh, yeah, you know, it's a mindlessness, right. That we could, that would, we can see that we could still witness, right. To, in anything we're doing and not mm-hmm. that's sort of taking everything at its for at face value, instead of maybe going second or third order deep on an idea, you could be, no, you know, that's zombies, sheeple or whatever. I mean, we hear there's different terms and there's different kind of, we, we have to be vigilant to, to not be a zombie. I think that's a nice, that's a good lesson. You know, I don't know. It's not so preachy. It doesn't have to be that preachy, but it's in there. And, and then you can have some fun with it. Yeah. There's a lot of humor uh, at the same time and playfulness yeah. about these yeah. ideas, which, which make the films very appealing. Uh, no question. Yeah. I mean, ultimately, it. right. That there, there is an entertainment value. There, there used to be ticket sales, but now it's, a, you know, maintaining <laughs> subscriptions. And and that's all. It's a different metrics for the, essentially the same thing. Satisfy the audience. Yeah, and you wanna. It's it's you wanna an excite. Well, an, an exciting or a transformative experience in some ways. Whether it's a small transformation, uh, whether it's this grand, you know, emotional high, and then boom. Um, yeah, there's a place for for a lot of that. Well, it's just ultimately it's subjective. It's, it's that you, you don't have, just like a still photo, I can make a picture of, of you know, a, a beautiful wrinkled old lady and someone sees, you know, they see deep profundity in the image. Mm-hmm. And that's not, that wasn't necessarily because of me. That's just because of what they brought to it. And that's the same with movies. A lot of people are going to bring different things to these interpretive and open-ended experiences. And I think that's kind of the fun of the space. You can direct them, but ultimately they will, they will take on lives of their own and fans will, um, you know, coalesce online. And, and mm-hmm. they just, there's, there's the whole, there's a whole world that happens after the fact that, that to me is equally exciting. Oh, well, yeah. actually, I mean, that's a, that's a good opening just to talk about some of your photography that isn't, uh, still photography on, on motion pictures. Uh, there are so many incredible photos of people that you have come across on your travels around the world uh, that I, on your website um, uh, that are just incredibly stunning uh, and all kinds of different takes on, uh, you know, I see you've got a farmer, um, Hog farmer from Iowa, a roughneck from Louisiana. I, I have to say that that picture of the roughneck of Louisiana is just uh, really does something for me. I just this guy is looking off in the distance with a frown, and you just want to know what's going on in his head. Um, but also, uh, you know, uh, pictures from Bulgaria, 
um, you know, India. Uh, have you ever had uh, a showing of, of, of your works? Uh, because these are, these are just amazing. No, well, thank you, but I'm not that organized. My wife gets on me sometimes, <laughs> but I'm, I think it's the kind of thing, you know, that God forbid I'm ever found myself wheelchair bound or unable to work. I would, I would then redirect my energies towards digging through these images and maybe trying to find a through line of, of what brings, what, what, what is it that, mm -hmm. that I've done with my life? <laughs> so, uh, no, I haven't. I, I, I find the web to be quite satisfying as a place to share. And, and it's a it's a tiny little sample, often just of images that sort of were the top of the folder when I was sorting by date or something. Uh, as I said before, it, it, it's a photography is the, the, my my reason to adventure and my excuse to adventure. And mm -hmm. and these there are so many remarkable people in the world. And without necessarily having to know their stories, we can be inspired and let let their let our own interpretations and uh, keep us questioning and motivated to maybe go travel ourselves. It, it, you know the Afghan girl. You know the the beautiful Steve McCurry photo of the right, Afghan right. girl. I mean, you didn't have sure. to know her story as a refugee. She was just this magnificent, compelling, exotic relevant you know she relatable she was all these things mm -hmm. and, and i think um you know if a, any photograph mine or others that does that uh is successful well you you've got to let us put some of these pictures uh on the podcast page uh, there's a picture of a coffee farmer from tanzania uh who looks like one of the most enlightened and you know a person who with a life so well lived, uh, just in their eyes. It's an amazing, amazing look. And of course, yes, I'm bringing all of these imagined uh, feelings and perspectives for this one person from viewing the picture, which is, you know, just one moment in their lives. Uh, but that's one of the things that's so remarkable about it. And, and I mean, just looking at this picture inspires me to do more with my life, which is, uh, <laughs> which is kind of sad, better but coffee. you know, they, yeah, drink better drink coffee. Better coffee. I, uh, oh, speaking of coffee, are, are you still doing your coffee stuff, Clay? Are you still? No, I'm not. I'm, no, I'm only no. making pictures of coffee farmers. I haven't. Okay. I've, I've found that not only am I b badly organized as a, as a librarian photographer, I'm a horrible businessman to boot. So I, I, I've found myself to be just a generator of ideas that I like to share and put out in the world. I'm kind of open sourcing my ideas and then let there, others who are better at it. Better. There, there was a period of time when uh, Tom just to know that the clay was, was, was doing coffee a little bit more real coffee. Uh, yep. so yeah, I were been sufficiently inspired. Yes. You were in business with this very coffee farmer, weren't you? Not, not quite, but I was in business with the importer of her coffee. Ah, yeah. So there's a little, you know, there's layers of of any yeah. any business. And that's probably uh, many, many years a, ago now, but yeah, almost a decade ago. Yeah, yeah. I lost a lot of money, but c'est la vie. Uh, yeah. It was probably coffee. well worth it. Right. You know what? I have no regrets, and and having been a dot com multimillionaire. And then watching it go away and never being that wealthy again, it wasn't 
that was a that was the gift. You can chase that dream, but it's a sort of a false dream. You, you being a mm-hmm. photographer is what I've is what makes me happy. And you can't really take that away from me because if I have a cell phone with a camera attached, I'm a photographer. (laughs) You still are. No, no, for sure. For sure. Yeah. And that's, that's delightful. That's, that's makes me really happy that it, that I kind of, I was just under 30 and, and had that realization because I don't, I think a lot of us go a lot longer chasing dollars and, and, delaying our dreams um and i got yeah that's true i i think it's true of of many people throughout the world and and perhaps especially americans that uh you know how you if you're in la anywhere and you say who's got a screenplay Uh, everybody within (laughs) your voice and you raises Raises their their hand hand. and and some of them actually have copies that they'll offer to you right on the spot yeah. Um, yeah. Everybody's waiting for that step up instead of living for what it is that we have every day. Yeah. Um, yeah. Yeah. And I don't, we can't be naive because, because some things are intangible or, or, or forever distant, right? Obviously everyone in LA isn't going to get their screenplay published. No. But, oh, come uh, on. Clay, you just <laughs> dashed the hopes of <laughs> thousands and thousands of people, sorry. but okay. When, yeah, Netflix, when Netflix is like Netflix 3, maybe then <laughs> it's, it's lower tier and it's all the guys from Van Nuys or something. It's just scripts from the Van Nuys. <laughs> I don't know okay. what. So, okay, the whole, the, whole movie, the whole movie will take place at the airport, the Van Nuys airport. <laughs> this is a fabulous place. In fact, this is where, where Humphrey Bogart was. It, this is yeah. it. So, you know, yeah. funny enough, that's where Gal Gadot was auditioned. Was she? Oh, yes. Really? Yeah, I was there. <laughs> At the See? airport? It's a happy yeah, place. Yeah, I mean, I think Gal has told something akin to this, but no, none of the actors knew who else was there. And and there were some, and so they had a sufficient space to spread everybody out. And then we used one of the hangars to build some simple sets and lights. You know, the, uh, an airplane hangar is no different than a movie studio, except for some sound qualities. And um, that that is what went on that day when she got the part. Wow. Yeah. And I just happened to be there almost, almost by, almost by fluke because obviously I live in New York and I think I just happened to be in Los Angeles and was invited to, to make some stills. Cool. Well, we'll, we'll have links to the Van Nuys airport so everybody can know what we're talking about. <laughs> we'll put <laughs> it know. on the Hollywood tour. If you, yeah. if you're not, if you're over the mansions of Bel Air, the next would be <laughs> the, the Van Nuys airport. Uh, how about a sequel to the Tom Hanks movie that just takes place at the Van Nuys, Van Nuys airport. airport? That would be, mm-hmm. yeah. Yeah, he's yeah. trapped in the Van Nuys airport, <laughs> non-terminal. <laughs> he's nice, just just drinking Dasani and Doritos. Uh-huh. Just- <laughs> <laughs> well, at least we have the product placement organized. Yes, of course. Well, there you go. A little Frito-Lay, a <laughs> little PepsiCo, you know. Oh, my God. You know, that one of the things, you know, I can't remember what, yeah, every once in a while, I think even on Wonder Woman, there's a little bit of, or there was some Mercedes product placement in Justice League uh-huh. and stuff like that. Um, but the fun of like a 1984 Justice, or uh, Wonder Woman was, it's pretty hard to do product placement because not much from 1984 is still around. Uh-huh. Yeah. 
<laughs> like I prefer oh, that yeah. just confirm because my job sort of you don't have to pay much attention to that right just let it go yeah well i thought they did a pretty good job of the the whole mall scene in the mall field because i was working in malls in the early 80s so so it, it brought back some nostalgia for me so no doubt. and uh, no doubt. what they they took at least a, a week or two to shoot all the mall stuff we were I no think. it was probably more than that because if you combine it was first unit it was main unit and second unit uh, shooting simultaneously for a bit there that was probably a month of filming in there wow yeah and it was fun too because that was the offices so we were using like a macy's as the production office (laughs) Uh, just everything (laughs) it was a pretty efficient use of mall i must say Mm -hmm. cool excellent and and i suppose the extras were divided into the roller skaters and uh the teeny boppers and oh yeah oh yeah i mean the the (laughs) costumes were it was such fun yeah yeah, I think really my, I think our office. You sort of followed a sign for lingerie to get down to like publicity. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, the pro, pro, yeah, prop department's up by the Orange Julius, and uh... exactly, exactly. Uh, I just want to know the the designer who came up with a golden outfit deserves deserves special props. Yeah, Lindy Hemming, she's amazing, and she's such a delight. So. Yeah, Lindy. Lindy is her name. Hemming. Lindy. Oh, well, she 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 really did an amazing job. She knocked it out um, of the park, and it was so fun to watch that the first time she came out in that outfit, and just you know, Lindy's there, Patty's there, Gall, of course, radiant as ever, and yeah, it was fun to make those first images that that wow. the studio had to see. And the wings, the wings were even more fun. I'm, you yeah. know, obviously I'm sitting on a bunch of images. I wish one day, one day I'll, I'll just have to be around Gal next Halloween. <laughs> <laughs> I've been mispronouncing her name from the very first moment she appeared in Wonder Woman. I, I've called her Gal Gadot, but that's just totally wrong, isn't it? Well, you know what? I, I, I'm not a stickler on that front because languages have, you know, you could... You can say guacamole, or you can say guacamole, right? I mean, mm-hmm. <laughs> <laughs> everyone, in the end, you're going to get what you want. So I, she is Gal Gadot, like more like Gadot.com. Wow. But but Gadot. but we, of course, waiting for Godot. We have it in our mind. We tend to silence silence our T's. I think if, if you say it with a smile, she'll respond. She's not. I'm sure she's used to it. Wow. <laughs> The difference between French and Israeli pronunciation, I suppose. But uh, yeah, exactly. Uh, and we're we're an eclectic world with a lot of ways to say a lot of things. I, I think in the end, you have to. If they can't judge your sincerity and your uh, earnestness, then yeah, it's on just them. Go with it. Just go with it. <laughs> right. Yeah. I I think even well, her I first hope. name is tricky because if you're going to say it, it's more like it's Gal. You know, it's a little oh. more affected than than we would be like Gal. gal. <laughs> <laughs> and you and you don't want to end yeah. up saying gall because that just right doesn't it, sound precisely good, and and, it, and I'm sure it happens right even my last name because uh, Greg you were saying Enos and that, and that's perfectly fine but it can be Enos just as well it depends Enos. if you're writing a limerick or not and Enos is gold mm-hmm. for limericks whereas ah. Enos is a little better for if you're going to spell it mm, true yeah I'm I'm again, we're 
Clay, thankfully, is fairly straightforward until really you leave the country, and then everyone's like, "What is your name?" <laughs> uh, really? Oh, come on. Yeah, they just uh, it is absolutely it, uh, makes them giggle in Rwanda or even in Latin America. It's just that no one names their kid Mud. Uh, wow. Because <laughs> a lot of times that word, it the word doesn't quite have you know it, it's a it's a deep and old word, but it doesn't necessarily become a name. Name. So, either way. Yeah. No. Either way. Listen, I, I had a, a a colleague at work who used to call me Tom Burka, uh, the uh, the garment that you wear in shame. That's Tom Burka, the garment you wear in shame. Yeah, All yeah, Burka, yeah, Burka, yes, the Burka. Yes. That's right. Yeah. Well, I, I was on him. I was on him to call you every time. I guess. Yes. Yes. He's. Actually, thinking back on it, I'm not sure how good a friend he was. There you go. <laughs> there you go. Yeah. No the the whole name the whole name thing is like my my first name is actually Stanislaus and my middle name is Gregory and I go by Greg. But I, it's amusing when I get the the people attempting to do Stanislaus and the Stanislaus. You know, they just can't unless they're of Slavic, Russian, Polish descent. You know, or a Polish speaker, do they ever get it right? You know, I, I just, I just love that name. I really, really do. Stanislaus. I mean, yeah, it's pretty great. And 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 the way names come in and out of favor, it, it's also fascinating. I, I remarked the other day, nobody names their kid like Nebuchadnezzar anymore. Right. right. <laughs> Nebuchadnezzar. That just had not occurred to me, Clay, but now that you, now that you pointed out. You know, it's like, what did he do so wrong? I mean, if you're going to name your kid after like a president or something, then go, go big. Mm-hmm. Nebuchadnezzar. Anyway, anyway, we are off track, gentlemen. Yes, yeah, totally, yes, totally off track, <laughs> which tends to happen with us, so... It's well, sad. well, I want to, yeah, but but a true, but true. I I do want to say thank you very much, Clay, for talking to us, and we're we're looking forward to potentially talking to you uh, again at some point after the next big uh, uh big trip, uh, uh, the Vespa up to the Antarctic or something, and uh, <laughs> yes. we're uh, yeah, you know, yeah. and uh, um, I'd like to see you do that, yeah, yeah. Look, I I'll you know don't put it. Past me and and Greg, you know, obviously our paths have been crossing since since Watchmen. I yes. look forward, and I'm and I'm delighted and honored that you asked me to be part of this, and I would uh, happily you. do it again when I have uh, maybe more um, current events or other adventures to share. Yeah, no, for sure, for sure. I had I I had reached out uh, early on. I had reached out to Wes also just to say, hey, I was doing this, and and I said if you. I told him, I said, if there's anybody you think would be interested, you know, pass them along. And um, so it's uh, it's exciting to have you on board with this. And um, we're, uh, we're looking forward to expanding our thing. And if you encounter anybody you think would, uh, would talk to us about, you know, movie making, Hollywood, Hollywood adjacent, you know, we're, we're always open to that. Yeah, love it. For sure. For sure, guys. I will. And so. and uh, yeah, until then, thank you and thank be you. well and and thank um, enjoy the movies. Oh, thank, thank you. you, Clay. We'll we'll see you at the premiere. <laughs> okay, good. <laughs> army, like army that. of the Vespa. No. Yeah, right. let's go in the trenches. I would, I would see trenches. that. Yeah. Uh-huh. For <laughs> well, sure. I I don't know. I don't know if it's a premiere. I know I'm going to a screening in New York, and that'll be fun. 
Oh, that's terrific. No, that should be really, really cool. It's just yeah, nice just to know to that the there theater. are. Yeah, exactly. That there are screenings beginning to take place here in New York is, is incredible. We got We have to take back our humanity gang. And, and I think it, it's on those who are feeling courageous enough and strong enough and, and capable enough to do so. So, and, and to do it, to do it proudly and with smiles on our face. Look, I am perfectly willing to go to Alamo draft house and watch the movie tomorrow. If, if, if it were possible, I, I wouldn't have a care for my safety. Okay. That's not Great. exactly well, just saying that. You saying that. About, but. No, but you know, I, we, <laughs> but I think, but I think that just saying that is important and, and, let other people hear it. And, you know, it, sometimes it's just, I mean, you don't have to be the tip of the spear, but you might, you might be just sharpening somebody who is ready to be that. And that's good. Right. And, and that's, just, uh, we just need yeah. to, we need to articulate our courageousness and mm-hmm. our desires and yeah, honestly. Just be, and then, uh-huh. and be careful, yeah, wash your hands, don't do anything crazy and, and you'll be good. Yeah, we got this. So. We got right. this. Don't, Not the first don't French it, kiss strangers. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Yes. <laughs> well, right. come on. Don't draw that. I'm drawing the line. <laughs> Yeah. <laughs> you never know. All right. Uh, yeah. Okay. All right. On that note, thank you. Have a great day, both of you, and uh, we'll talk all again. Right. Thanks, all. All right. All right. Cheers. Thank you so much. Bye-bye. Bye. 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 You've been listening to Movie Reviews from an Alternate Earth with your hosts, Tom Burka and Greg Dyro. Although there are many movies available to review, we tend to stick to English productions from Hollywood. But if you have a favorite movie, please send us a note and we might add it to our review schedule. 